Hi, everybody. Oh, we sure are glad you could join us during this magical time of the year to help us celebrate the season. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Santa Claus. Isn't it a pleasant holiday? Oh, turkey's in the oven. It's peaceful and quiet. Yes, 300 points. My best score yet. Tonight, we welcome you to a joyous celebration of the season. Welcome to Holiday Illuminations. And welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 388 for the week of December 21st, 2014. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts, special events, books, audio tours, and more. Whether you are a first-time visitor or you've been to the parks hundreds of times, if you're planning a vacation or just love the history, details, secrets, and stories, there is something in the show for you. If you're a new listener, please go back, check out some or all of the past episodes for interviews, top tens, reviews, and more. Again, you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and visit www.radio.com. So whether you walk, run, jog, wheel, or cheer... The Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend is an event like no other and one that requires proper planning and preparation. This week, we share our tips, tricks, and advice to help you know before you go and get the most out of the weekend and the entire marathon experience. We cover everything from what to bring, wear, and eat to transportation, planning, the health and fitness expo, park touring, cheering, running, and even celebrating after your race is over. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for details about how you can be a part of the WDW Radio 8th anniversary event in February and a surprise guest for the WDW Radio Cruise to Alaska in June. Then listen for your voicemails at the end of the show so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Every year for more than two decades, Walt Disney World's Marathon Weekend has continued to grow beyond a small event geared towards endurance runners to a destination event for race enthusiasts, to first-timers, to families, volunteers, and those that just want to be part of the experience and cheer on family, friends, or even perfect strangers. And I've said this in the past, and I truly believe that Run Disney has single-handedly turned Walt Disney World fans into runners and runners into Walt Disney World fans. And in just a couple of weeks, the 22nd running of the Walt Disney World Marathon is going to take place over four days, four parks, and throughout the entire resort. And in fact, it's even become something that has transcended the course itself into a weekend of fun, 
friends, fitness, food, yes, food, personal challenges, charity, and much more. And since its inception back in 1994, the race has grown in both number of participants from about 5,500 to 55,000 in 2014 to the number of events with now a 5, 10, half marathon, full marathon, goofy, dopey, distance races on consecutive days, and a lot of other endurance challenges. So whether it's your first time running or you are a seasoned veteran or if you're coming down for the weekend to cheer or volunteer or even if you're coming down and marathon events aren't part of your plans but you're still traveling to Walt Disney World from January 7th through the 11th in 2015, you need more than ever to plan ahead of time. So this week, we want to help you know before you go with what to do, bring, prepare for, and more. And joining me on the roundtable our longtime friends, really some are more like family, and members of the WDW Radio running team. As always, gentlemen, ladies go first. The fastest woman in Chicago, Miss Liz Driscoll. Welcome. Yay! Yay! The craziest woman in Florida, the newly wedded Jillian Falco. <laughs> Yay! Hi, guys. Actually, because she's married to me, that title might actually go to the woman sitting at my side, Literally and figuratively, Mrs. Deanna Mangello. Well played, sir. Thank you very much. <laughs> and finally, Jimmy, I'm going to beat Bostos Styles. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hello. So, guys, thank you for joining me. Um, I wanted to really select the best possible group to represent people in different stages of Run Disney experience they weren't available, so I reached out to you guys, so I appreciate you taking time out of your night. We are plan B. With, you are always a plan B. But no, I, I really did. Uh, exactly. I really thought that you guys represented people who are local, some who are longtime runners, some who have to travel. Like Liz, you come from Chicago, you train differently, you, you pack differently, and really try and help people prepare for the weekend because I think especially for first time runners or people who are even coming down during this time of year, they really don't necessarily know what to do or plan or prepare or even pack for before they get here. So maybe that's a good way to start off this conversation is thinking about some of the things that they need to do and plan for before you even go. So if you're thinking about doing, you know, the marathon weekend, obviously, you know, and especially because it's gotten so popular recently, you know that literally the day that it opens up, you better be calling out at sick at work or not taking your lunch break because you've got to register because it does go fill up very quickly. But maybe sort of let's go around the horn a little bit and offer some tips about things you need to do or pack or prepare for before you even leave the house to head to the resort or head to the airport. And Liz, since you are traveling from the farthest distance, I will let you go first. Well, I was one of those people who ran over to the school office because I teach, sat in the principal's office, got registered for Dopey, and then ran back to my class. Um, but as far as fast forwarding to now, do your training and I've got that suitcase open, and for me, if nothing else makes it to Florida, my running shoes will be on my feet going to the airport because that's the one thing that you cannot change out last minute. Liz, I have to disagree. 
Uh-oh. Your WDW Radio running team shirt must be on oh. your person. You, you don't think Lou's got an extra one of those to make sure I'm in my nope. team blue? Nope. I have one for you, Lou. I got your running sneakers and WDW Radio running team shirt. So I, I am, okay. I'm going to ask you again because I am clearly not the runner of the group, right? I, I do the 5K because I want people to participate and I, and I think it's a, a fun event that you don't really need to train very much for. But so people might be saying, well, no, don't I sort of have a set of shoes that I run in? Should I not be wearing those, you know, to the airport and as I'm walking around? Or do you sort of use those same running sneakers, you know, if you're every day walking around? So, oh, it, no way. Oh, yeah. I, I don't do the parks in my running shoes. OK, so I do something just the opposite. I work every day in my running shoes. So I'm on my feet all day long at the hospital and it's the same shoes that I run in. Especially if you buy a new pair of shoes before a big race. So I, mine are completely broken in, and up until Dopey, I am wearing my running shoes. So maybe that's a question for all of you. How long before the race should you be starting to wear and break in, and, and you know, because we're, we're going to talk about the expo, but how long before you get to Walt Disney World and start running this race, should you be running in and breaking in those shoes? At least a month. To, at least a month. Yeah, I go a yeah, month. I'm not going to I mean, tell you when I just ordered my shoes because yeah. I just ordered my shoes on, God on help, yes. Friday and they should be here on Monday. Um, I, heard, I heard Jimmy start talking. Go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, I was just saying it's, uh, I usually go at least a month, if not two, breaking in a new pair of shoes. Are you running in them or are you uh, just no, wearing like, them like around? actually running in them. Like I'll do my training in them. He's playing Call of Duty in them, but he's not actually running in them. He's just sitting yeah. around. Like, no, that's <laughs> just you and my husband. I'll just my feet up. And, and my, I'll add – oh, my, sorry, Jimmy. I'll no, add one other thing and I'll say if you're like Jillian and you're buying the exact same shoes over again, I think your break-in time is probably a little easier because you know what to expect as far as fit and wear. True. And um, the other thing I will say is – it probably depends on the distance. I think if you are um, buying a new pair of shoes and you've got two weeks and you're doing the 5K, maybe even the 10K, you've got a little forgiveness of you're not really putting them through the damage of, oh, let's say doing dopey. Right. You know, I, I right. think you're playing a different game, cutting it, Jillian, two weeks <laughs> with new dopey <laughs> shoes. Hey, but, I, I did tower um, the the first reintroduction of Tower 10 Miler um, in a pair of shoes that I bought at the expo, and I do not suggest it. <laughs> yeah, so you're the example of what... Jillian's here to represent what not to do for, right. for Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend. But, and I think, too, and obviously we could have a, an entire conversation about what shoes to get and where, but I think, yeah, Liz, you make a good... It's everything that you you feel is the right shoe for you. It doesn't matter what everyone else has what the most popular shoe is it really doesn't matter you have to find what works for you and i think and if you're, if you're going to be doing a full a dopey a, a goofy whatever it is i think that's where you need to sort of go to a running store let them sort of you know measure your gait and things like that as opposed to running to walmart the week before and, and grabbing something off the shelf Way to go, Lumangella, with your gate words. See, that's that you've been <laughs> you've been rehearsing your run, running words. 
<laughs> they have a fit to run store right next to Splitsville, so I walked yeah, by as I, before I ate. Oh, um, and and the word gate was on the, the word window. gate. I saw the word gate on there, and that's my SAT word for the week. Believe it or not, Excellent. they were actually saying that the most you should have miles that you should have on your shoes is 300 miles, and then switch it. <laughs> yes. up. Who runs 300 miles? What's wrong with you people? Well, oh. that's what they're saying. <laughs> I mean, I was really dopey people that. that do halves every three yep. months or three halves in a or month. us overachievers like Liz Driscoll right. who does what? 300 miles in two weeks million miles a week so hey. 300 miles <laughs> per pair of sneakers you should yeah take care of your swap feet. them out all right anyway. all right so right. a couple other things to think about before you even go and I know it, it may be kind of late for this now but I think we would all suggest beyond a shadow of it if don't try and, and potentially save money or like, oh, let's go, you know, rent a vacation home. I think staying on Disney property is so, so very important because for those early mornings when you, you are trying to Epcot well before 5.30 a.m., you don't want to necessarily have to worry about traveling from somewhere off-site. And I think there's some resorts that may even be, you know, better than others. I, I like places like Port Orleans French Quarter. You're very, I mean, like, God forbid you can't get a bus. You could literally walk to your no. corral. You can no longer do that. Oh, well, then there you go. As close as it is, they have now outlawed that you can walk from Port Orleans Riverside or French Quarter to the race start. You can drone yourself over to you the... Can. You can. You can drone yourself, but you can't walk over. Okay, that's good to know. Over. So at one point you could, but I, I'm yeah. not, again, not saying... You, look, the, the, the bus transportation is pretty reliable and they're always going but i just like it because it's small it's not necessarily loud you know it, it's uh and it is sort of very very close but i think too for people that are coming from different parts of the country that aren't used to traveling to walt disney world in january i think it is such a crapshoot in terms of what the weather can be for marathon weekend absolutely yeah. bring absolutely. everything yeah. you own like absolutely. literally bring your giant George Costanza parka and also bring, you know, shorts and a tank top. Because I own one of those. <laughs> but it really can. I mean, look, we've had, and I can tell you because I, I cheered for those days, where it's been snowing and sleeting and in the, the mid-30s to in the high 80s over <laughs> marathon weekend. So, you know, you guys, especially who are running, you've got to really think a lot about what to wear and what to strip off and what to throw away. So, you know, it's sort of, you know, maybe again, Liz and then, you know, Deanna, things that you need to pack or bring with, bring with you in terms of clothing. Well, I will say my first thing is don't freak out. Right. Okay. The Princess Half was the first half marathon that I really did 2013. I started looking at that weather.com and I was like eight, nine, 10 days out. And I'm like, it might be 75 that day. It might be 78 that day. It might be. And it was one of those where I just had to stop, look the day before I was leaving home and go, look, it's going to be this temperature in the morning. This is the temperature at 10 a.m. Roughly, that's my running window. Boom. This is what I'm going to need. You know, if you start looking and over planning, especially for the weather, mm -hmm. you're you're far better off for those who are running. Again, I'll say beyond the 10K you're far better off throwing in a thin long sleeve shirt that you're comfortable running in and doing those layers. You know, you can layer short over long, whatever, without um, worrying about it to the point that like, 
like you're saying, it's like, I'm going to bring a sweatshirt, I'm going to bring sweatpants, and then, you know, you're pulling things off and... Stressing. But it almost almost makes sense to make the Walmart run or the Target run or whatever and to invest uh, you know eight nine dollars in a sweatshirt in a hoodie in sweatpants because you if even if you're standing around because you do stand around for hours it seems in those corrals in the morning even if you just wear those and then throw them off and throw them away and we've talked in the past about how disney collects them and gives them to the homeless but you're almost better off having it than being there and freezing for an hour or so absolutely you know and and if it is one of those fluke weekends where it is absolutely frigid garbage bags with a hole cut out of the top and a space for your arms. I'm not going to lie, as silly as it sounds, it, it, it keeps you the warm, warmth in. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So if, if all else fails, don't be scared about what you packed. Run in what you're most comfortable running in. Just don't stress the couple don't of Don't stress before. about it. Right, about yeah. what the weather's And don't be. run in what you're not comfortable running in. Right. Right. Like coming yeah, from, comfortable. Mm-hmm. yeah, and coming from Chicago, if I see that it's going to be 60 degrees at 5 a.m., I'm not saying I'm not going to be chilled, but I'm looking at 60 degrees and I'm going, okay, suck it up, short sleeves, once you run, you're fine. You'll be fine, yep. Because Jillian, start, you're fine. But Jillian, and you guys are looking at that and going, 60 degrees, I better put a hoodie on. <laughs> well, so the other question I want to ask you too, because I think one thing that differs from the Disney race than potentially running at home for people that are coming and are not necessarily worried about beating Bastos and trying to come in first is you need to obviously take a camera with you, right? Whether it's your cell phone, whether it's a, a, a digital camera, whatever it may be. I, I assume you guys probably don't run with a camera when you're running at home. For people that want to take a camera, a phone with them, do you also suggest finding some sort of, is it, you know... I don't know. It's like the runner fanny pack. Yeah. A back, they, like, what do you, what yeah. do you, what do you recommend people bringing so they can carry that stuff comfortably with them? So Beatrice Feeney carries this little pack, and she's amazing because, as you know, there's a group of us that we don't always stop when we should, and we need to stay together. So Beatrice runs ahead. She brings her camera, and she has this little pack that she puts her camera in. She takes the, you know, her pictures, and then puts the camera back in. And, and it's easy access. It's quick, easy yeah. access because there are some that if you have the armband or if you have the, you know, the back pouch or whatever it is that are too tight fitting, you really can't get the things that you want out as quickly. Yeah. In and out. Correct. So, right. And I bought an iFitness belt when I started running for Princess Weekend. I still have it. They do sell the phone extra. It's a Velcro. It goes right over the belt. My phone sits in there, and when I'm at home running by myself, my earbuds are in. But when I'm in Disney and I'm running with my friends, it just sits there. If we take a group picture, unzip, boom, I've got my phone. Um, right. But it's easy, it's safe, it's comfortable. So let's let, that actually brings us here. You know, we're talking about sort of gear that you need to have. And if you do forget some of that stuff at home, you're able to get it at the Run Disney Health and Fitness Expo, which is like... Oh, the expo is so wonderful. It is like an event in and of itself. Like, it is like this huge... Like, it's a big deal, the expo. It is a Christmas. Like, if you are a runner or pretend to be one, like, they have literally (laughs) everything there. And the the expo actually runs from Wednesday, January 7th at 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. all the way up from until Saturday the 10th, 
from 10 to 4. So obviously everybody who's running has to attend the expo because you've got to get your bib, you've got to get your shirt, you've got to get your gear bag, you need to get all that kind of stuff. But there's also so much run Disney merchandise and fitness gear and shoes and sunglasses oh, and, and it gadgets just keeps growing. And food. Yeah. It, <laughs> It's like Comic-Con for running nerds. It like, totally is. It totally is. And did you guys see the gear this year? I did. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. Awesome. Oh, so yeah, before you leave home, don't forget your credit card yes. because you're going to need it for it, no. the expo. For Christmas, make sure that you bring those run Disney or Disney gift cards because they actually accept Disney gift cards at the expo. Bring the uh, annual pass if you have it. But I was surprised to see how much there is in terms of third-party accessories. Like, there's costumes and tutus, and I didn't even... The words sparkle skirt never came past my lips until I went to one of the, the expos before. But there is so Well, and much, now you have a team sparkle skirt, by the way. Absolutely. Well, right. Well, and we'll talk about the, <laughs> the, the running team, too. But it, like anything else, you know, I think for the expo... The, the, you know, let's talk about some expo tips, obviously, in addition to saving money before you go. But I would say either get to the expo very early in the day, just like the parks, get to the expo early in the day or get there late in the day as opposed to in the middle of the day when it might be most crowded. And if you have a stroller, remember, you can't bring your stroller inside the expo hall. Does that, does that make sense to you guys? You guys, like to, you guys like to go early, get there early? Absolutely. Because so we can't bring your stroller. You huh? cannot bring my stroller. No, absolutely. You have to get there early because the lines start getting out of control. Get insane. And it just, you know, the other thing too is to manipulate a stroller in the expo, it would be insane because there's a million people, there's a million things you want to see, there's friends you're meeting up with, there's also, you know, a bunch of different um, talks going on that, you know, a lot of runners might want to go and visit and see. Right, there's guest speakers, a lot of seminars right, and things right. like oh, yeah. that. Yeah, right. Jeff Galloway and a lot is always of stairs. There. Yeah, a lot of stairs. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and we'll actually sort of, you know, Liz, we'll get to that too about how much you should be doing before the actual race itself. But I think like any sort of convention, like going to the parks, I think there's things you need to do. I think bef ahead of time, you need to go to the Run Disney site and look at the expo floor plan. Like get an idea of where you want to go and what you want to get. Look at the merchandise prior to you getting there, which is going to save you time, hopefully save you some money and save you from standing in a lot of long lines as well. Well, so, and one, one vendor in particular I know does pre-orders. You pre-order, pre-pay, you go to the expo, you say, I'm Lou Mangiello and I ordered this and paid for it. Give them your confirmation number. Your item is guaranteed because it's pre-paid and they hand it to you. That's great. Which so, vendor is that? That's why you have to look at those vendors and see. I mean, it may be a local store that you have. It, like, like, uh, what's the store in downtown Disney it's now? Fit to run. run. Yeah, right. they're they're all over the country. So you know, they're they're a very prominent vendor there. So let me ask you: When you guys are planning for your marathon weekend, do you? So Liz, for example, you will you come in? extra early if you can specifically so you can do the expo or do you go the, the night before the day before your race well i will say this past january we flew in wednesday morning by the time we got in got a rental car headed up, straight on over there it was about noontime 
This year, I'm doing it a little differently. I'm actually coming in Tuesday night um, because I just felt like one extra night, wake up, you're there Wednesday morning. So I've actually backed my plan up, you know, 12 hours, but get in that night before just because of that. Don't feel rushed at the expo. Um, So, yeah, I'm coming in Tuesday night. Well, Liz, I know a lot of people last year had a lot of travel issues because the weather was bad. Oh, that weather was awful. So a lot of people that flew in, I know a lot of our team members as well as other people that were running the races had problems because they their flights were delayed or their flights were canceled. Right. We always recommend, especially to people on our team, don't come in the day before, if, if possible. I understand work and school. Right. Don't come in the day before your race. Come in two days before. So yeah, if you do run into a problem, problem with that. Right. Right. Exactly. You don't want well, to be. That, that was just so huge last year, and now this year, it's they're not allowing anyone else, uh, allowing anyone else to pick up bibs for someone else. So you have to physically be there to pick up your bib, right. and, and otherwise, they're not letting you pick up your bib. Right. And, and also, now what they're doing is they started to take a picture of you with your bib. So you go, you pick up your bib, and then you go have you have to go stand in another area, stand online with your bib, and they're taking a picture of you with your bib and your bib number. Right, because as of January, you are no longer permitted to buy or sell bibs. Correct. And, and I completely understand, and, and I understand why they are doing that. I know there was some some controversy and some debate, and people were frustrated by the fact that they now had to pick up their own bibs because in the past you could. Give somebody a copy of your driver's license and let them go pick it up. The problem and the reason why it's being done is because you need to physically be there and sign that waiver. If you are not, if I buy a bib from you and I haven't signed that waiver, God forbid something happens, I could theoretically sue saying, hey, I never signed a waiver. You never have my signature on a waiver. So I understand why they need that, that to be. And so to that point, I would, even though there's printers there, I would absolutely print out your waivers and sign them before you get there so you're absolutely. not waiting on another line right. at the expo. Right. Don't waste absolutely. your time waiting yeah, on that, line. Having it with you just eats that up right off the bat. Absolutely. Plus, you get to know what your bib number is in advance. And you figure out your <laughs> Right. Plus, if you're, if you're doing the half or the full or the goofy, you have to stand in more than – right. you have to stand in two lines. So don't give yourself an extra line, right? Because I know we were when you did out in Disneyland, you had to stand in one line for – the half and one line for the full to get your two, but to get the your two different 5k bibs. and the, oh, the 5k half. and the half. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they pretty much have it like for in, in, um, for dopey and for goofy, you pretty much get everything like together. It's basically like the challenges yeah. where they take a picture. Yeah. So no, I, I, I heard with the pictures, it's mainly for coast to coast, but I could be wrong well, that they, they may be going straight into that, making sure that, the runners that are coming into the garage I think are actually were, the runners that yeah. are supposed to be running. I think they were testing it out too. Uh, was wine, wine and dine, and dine. started right? Right. Yeah, and wine and dine and Avengers. I heard were the test for it, but anyone in a multiple day or a coast to coast was going to be photographed. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. So uh, Friday. Uh, so let's see. So the, the the expo opens on Wednesday. The five k is on Thursday. The ten k is on Friday. And let's sort of just jump ahead to the half marathon because I think that's where a lot of 
the real planning needs to come into play. And let's sort of talk about before the race day itself. And, and, you know, maybe Jimmy and then Deanna and then Liz and Jillian, talk about the day before the race. Tips in terms of do you go to the parks? Do you relax? Like, what do you do in terms of eating and drinking and hydrating and getting to sleep at, you know, 9 o'clock at night? Well, I definitely, like, I'm going to be running the 10K and then the half. So I'm going to have already run a race that morning. I am I will probably go to the parks for a little while, even though I am local. Like, I'm still going to want to hang out with my friends that are in town for the race. And um, I'll definitely do the parks for a little bit. I'll probably have an early dinner. I'd probably do something around 4, maybe 5 o'clock. Um, but I definitely, I'm staying on property, even though I am local. Uh, I'm going to want to be in bed by 8, 9 o'clock the latest because it, that wake-up call comes really early. Yeah, you're not kidding. And is it, do you, so, Liz, do you start preparing your body for trying to find a way to fall asleep by 8, 9 o'clock at night? Well, the good-bad is because of travel and a slight time difference, it's only an hour, but just you're kind of excited and so you don't sleep well the night before you leave Chicago and you know you're happy to be in Florida so off you go 5k 10k I'm kind of in the same boat as Jimmy I will do a park that day but just like he said dinner is four or five o'clock and in my head no later than 6 30 you are exiting you are back in your hotel room by seven o'clock um I am the person who lays out the flat runner the night before. Um, just <laughs> a good old flat runner. Oh, it's so flat cute. runner. Which is a great idea. Laying out all your stuff Everything. before, right? So you're not scrambling at two o'clock in the morning. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I, I always like, I pin, I pin my bib to my shirt the day before the race. Yes. Yeah. yeah bib flat, on. flat runner. Yeah. I do flat, flat runner. runner too. All four um, days I do flat runner. Yep. And I, I will say falling asleep at nine, is just not, that's not realistic for me, but it, the lights are off, you know, sitting, flipping through my phone for a little bit and then eventually just put it down. So, you know, nine o'clock just doesn't happen, but by 10, I'm certainly asleep. Well, I think it's really, this is very much an exercise in self-discipline in terms Absolutely. of if you, you know, you're excited to be in Disney, but you can't hit the parks hard. You can't go and you have go a crazy you know, you can't do the mileage that you would do in a 5K right. and you walking shouldn't, around Epcot three times. Right. And so what about eating? Like you should not – maybe this is the uh, wrong – but I don't think that you should go down and sit and have a six-hour meal at Ohana, like eating as much meat as possible nope. <laughs> the night before the race. What's a good place to eat or what's a good thing that you recommend eating pre-race night and obviously hydrate 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 it's a, a no sauces no heavy creams no things yeah, like you don't that want to have fettuccine alfredo <laughs> right. oh, you can have the fettuccine don't. without the alfredo yeah and no mai tais i would yeah I, again it's all about discipline right what you should be you know you can celebrate after the race don't celebrate before the race i remember the the, the half marathon that i did I was petrified, so I was literally having like dry toast and pieces of turkey because I wanted protein and carbs and nothing else that would potentially make me crazy the next well, day. That and I'll say, traveling down, like I was lucky to have a rental car this year. Um, I'm planning on having one this January as well. 
So I, I did get to run to the grocery store and grab a box of cereal. So if you felt like at 9 o'clock at night, ooh, I need to eat one more thing, you had something really easy to just open up and eat. But I will say we lucked out. We went to Sanaa the night before the 10K. We told them what, that we were running the next day. Uh, we did bread service. They just took the spicy one and swapped out a mild um, for one of the um, sides. And then we ordered the roast chicken and split it. And uh, he made sure light spice. That was great. Uh, I will say we did go to Tony's. Tony's was a big hit because you could get the pasta. Tony's has been booked out for months. And um, But I will say before Tower... Uh, we were in Epcot, and it was one of those "what am I going to eat" kind of thing. Of all the places people this, I went into, you know, the shoot the counter service in America. I ordered the grilled chicken sandwich on a bun, no bacon, no cheese. You know what? That in a lemonade was actually solid food. Yeah, right. it was perfect. So it's, whether it's, it's, it's counter service, it's table service, choice. you can eat like a runner should eat. Right. And, you know, the other thing, too, is that when you're doing these challenges, you're doing the half and then the full, you really have to concentrate on how much you're eating and the time you're eating. Like, for instance, you should really be hydrating well the week well before and also having yes. something to eat two, every two, three hours. Something. And don't overhydrate. Yeah, for sure. Well, because what I found the last marathon um, I went into the marathon and I was starving. I didn't eat enough before the race. So I didn't start feeling like myself until like mile 15. And if someone on the side of the road would have handed me a half-eaten cheeseburger, I would have eaten it. Because <laughs> and and I, did she say it? Oh yes, she did. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was so hungry. By the time I hit mile 15, I probably had seven goos, two packs of jelly beans, seven pretzel rods. <sighs> it was terrible and, oh, because it, I did yeah. not I did not eat properly before I left my house before the marathon so don't anyone ever do that make sure you eat you know a half a bagel with some peanut butter on it or a banana before you leave for marathon because those little single serve packs for for the uh peanut butter packs they have the single serve those are awesome with a bagel well the other thing too is we're sitting in the corral for so long before so long. the races mm -hmm. that you should bring something with you to munch on because we are i mean i don't run my marathon in three hours i run you it don't in, no i run it in five <laughs> hours so you know i need something that's going to keep me you know give me enough energy for those five hours without me starting to burn off you know the stuff, the energy and the sugar that I need. So let, let's it, actually talk about the, the the race day itself, right? It's now two o'clock in the morning, whatever it is. You, you're, you know, your, your alarm has gotten off. And what, I think this, I think these tips will go for both the half marathon, <clears throat> excuse me, and some things also for the full. But let's start by getting to the corral and that sort of the, the day of process. I'm of I'm you know whether I'm going to the airport or I'm going wherever. I, I like to get there early, and as much as I as as good as the, the Disney transportation is, I've always liked driving myself to the corrals. And I think part of the reason why is not only are you control, but once you get there, like I like getting there early, knowing that I'm there, 
But if I need to sit in my car for a little while, if I want to finish my coffee, if I want to, hey, the weather isn't what I expect it to be. I need to add a layer or take off a layer. If you have a car and drive there, I would do it. But but how early do you guys normally recommend getting out to the corrals for either of the races? So I always drive to the, the races also. And I always pick Steve Drew up at whatever hotel he's staying at. And I pick him up. I cannot be there a minute after 3 a.m. <laughs> if I am there one minute after 3 a.m., he's pacing in front of the hotel. He's texting <laughs> me, asking me where I am. Did I go to the wrong hotel? He tells me the night before and texts me the night before what hotel they're staying at. So I like driving also. And I, I make sure that I'm picking him up at 3 a.m. all four mornings. I think the first um, bus that leaves is 3 a.m. from all the resorts. Liz, isn't don't, I, I think that's correct, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, and they have those placards very visible in the hotels. It says the buses will begin tomorrow at, you know, kind of thing. Right, right. And I've, that's what I've done what Jillian said, which is when I've been on a bus, which is most of my races, I have done my darndest to be on that first bus. Now, I've yeah. never had an issue. If that bus is full, there's usually a second and a third and a fourth bus sitting out in a far parking lot end. And as soon as that bus pulls away, they're pulling up a second one. But I like knowing I'm on that early bus. Now, the driving, very, very first bus. I And I may be on the very second bus because the first one's full. But, you know, right. I'm there. If the buses but, take off at three, I'm there at three. But driving over, we actually did almost the exact same thing because we wanted a really nice spot to park. We wanted to be up front at the end of the race. And we knew how many people were going to be pulling in. And we didn't want to be behind them going, how many more minutes? How long do you think this line is? How long is it going to take us to park? Um, so we actually do almost the same thing when we drove ourselves. We were still up, out of the hotel by 3, and on the move. All right, so you're you're at the corrals. The um, you know for me the again the one that I did the waiting was the hardest part because you're so excited you've got so much energy you just want to you want to get moving. But do you guys have any tips about what to do or what not to do while you're waiting in the corrals? Whether it be do you stretch, do you eat, do you what are the things that you need to do? Everybody sort of maybe throw out one of their their tips for what to do when you're in the corrals. I. Go I'm, for al- it. Yeah. I'm always doing our corral selfies because that's one of the most important <laughs> yeah. things when well, I'm in the corral. But before we even go to the corrals, we so, have our WDW radio running team picture. Absolutely. The team picture There are huge. certain people that are always late for. Uh, I'm sorry. When I, when I said corrals, I meant, I meant uh, I, I, forgive me. I, when I said the corrals, I meant sort of the parking lot when you're in the parking lot yeah, and waiting to get out. to the corrals. Right. Because it, it's sort of like a party atmosphere there. there there's a DJ there's going a on. There's a lot of energy. And yeah. noise and people jumping around and you start to notice people in their costumes and you start to notice like, okay, is that person going to be in my corral? Because that would be hysterical to watch them run in that costume for the entirety of a half marathon. Like you start to see those types of characters and, and, uh, you know, they, they, there's, I think that's valuable up by the stage. I think seeing the people in characters, I see, I think seeing the guy in the Crocs and the the Tinkerbell costume, because that's my comfort person. Like, Oh, if that guy can do it, I'm golden. Like I got this. Right. And if it's your first race, if it's your first, whether it's your first 5k or your first marathon or your first dopey, you know what you get there and you start saying good morning. And if it's, especially if it's day three or day four, you're like, look, we're all back together. Look, 
we're all ready to go again. Honestly, it's a distraction. You can't obsess in your own head like you would if you were standing on your own or coming a little later. You go in and you just start saying good morning to everybody. I think it's a great way to distract yourself. Don't worry about the race. Just get together and, you know, we're going to go together and we're all going to get it done. Yeah, and, and it's obviously, um, like I said, the waiting is the tough part. But so you, you, you're, and then what time do you start heading on over to the corrals? About 4.45-ish, oh, Jimmy? I do it when Deanna tells me to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. usually Deanna's the, the boss on that. But for people, for people who don't have a Deanna with them, what time do they? Oh. Right, what time do they normally start heading over to the corral? They actually announce it. They start to say when to go over. You're standing around for quite a bit of time, so when they announce your corral to go out, it's a good time to start making your way out. Um, if they because say your corral again. But, you know, what? none of us are doing that at home. We're not sitting around for 40 minutes outside going, huh, am I going to start running now or should I wait another 20 minutes? Right. Right. All right. <laughs> All right so let's think. Let's OK. You're, you're, let's sort of get into race mode and let's sort of give people some tips that they sort of need to maybe think about, especially if this is their first half marathon, full marathon, goofy, dopey, whatever it is that they're doing. What are some things that they need to think about or prepare for? or tips that you want to give them that you've learned through your years of experience of going through? And let's sort of go, we'll go Deanna, Jimmy, Jillian, Liz. So one of the, the biggest things is, is that, especially if this is your first time running a half marathon course, even if it is a 5K or a 10K course, is that make sure you don't try to pass someone and pass them on the grass. That was stay, the first thing I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> make sure you stay on the pavement do not try to go up a side, you know, a curb. I've seen so many people on the courses that have bloody noses, a cracked, you know, cheek, uh, whatever, because they've tried and, you know, they lose their balance and they fall. So just make sure you stay on the street. Even if there's someone slower in front of you, just say, you know, I'm passing you to the left or I'm passing you to the right. Using proper what are you, runner, America? you all <laughs> using oh. yeah, using proper runner we etiquette the rules of is extremely important during these races because the the corrals have become so crowded that oh. you really need to be aware of everyone around you and the 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 run walkers and so. That's All right, Jimmy. So, my point. so even though Deanna stole yours, what's another tip that you have? Um, I just say pace yourself. I mean, when you know, when I remember my first race, like I, I took off past that start line, and like I was just hauling it, and I was spent, you know, relatively early. It's like you really have to, because you know, I was excited. I wanted to get going. I want, you know, I want to try to set a good time for myself. Really, just pace yourself. Don't let yourself run too fast. Like, just, you know, take your time. Try to get, you know, a, a comfortable pace for yourself. You don't run what you've pace. been training. Don't yeah, run exactly. what the people run. around you are running. Which is probably yeah. harder than it, than it sounds because you are so excited by the people around you or the music or the characters are trying to get to, you know, whatever that next sort of milestone is. Well, you always have a tendency, a tendency to start fast. Because you are excited, exactly. Your so you, adrenaline kicks in. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. always go out of the box, and we're always going too fast. And Steve's always saying, slow it down a little bit, back it up a little bit, you know, because we're well, going to run out of gas at the end. 
The other thing that's also been pretty phenomenal about these races being so crowded is it's also starting to make people slow down a bit because you don't have a choice. You yeah. have no choice <laughs> then to start slow. But for someone like it's always someone's first race. And I, I try to keep that in mind as far as recognizing maybe someone doesn't know how to pass or someone doesn't know how to go run, walk, to go from run to walk and they're stopping dead in front of you. So kind of go into it with a sense of patience that it's a lot of people's first experience. But personally, don't freak yourself out because I know that it's that self-talk before the first long distance and you say, boy, can I do it? I'm not at home anymore. Um, And know that, you know, you did your training, you proved you could do it at home, you know, that's why you did the training. And um, whether you do that 10K or half marathon, you know, as fast as you trained at home or half an hour more slowly, I think the most important piece of advice during the race is enjoy it. Oh, for sure. Enjoy it. So I also want to address uh, another important aspect. Whether you are running or whether you are there to cheer somebody on who is running, there are things that you should think about, too. There are definitely some tips for those who are cheering and those who are running. And I think what you need to do is communicate ahead of time. If you are going to be on the course somewhere looking for your runner, it's much easier for them to find you than it is for you to find them. So don't say, just look for me. I'll be wearing the blue shirt because there's 18,000 people. That is so hard and so difficult. So have a spot and say, you know, like for us on the running team, you know that we are always going to be on the corner across from the confectionery as you come into Main Street USA. So it's easier for you to find us. So even if you are there to cheer on your wife or your husband and you're, you're there by yourself, let them know where you will be ahead of time and absolutely give yourself enough time to leave. If you drive with them there or you go to hang out with them in, in the parking lot ahead of time, give yourself enough time to get over to Magic Kingdom by 530 because it does fill up very, very fast. And if you are in Walt Disney World and you are not participating in any of these events, be very, very, very aware of everything that's going on and all the road closures and the changes to transportation because it could very much mess with what you think your schedule is going to be during that day. Whether you are spectating or trying to get to a park, be aware of what the schedules are going to be or be prepared to get a cab if need be to get where you want to go because it is a very, very, especially early in the morning, uh, there are a lot of road closures. Not everything is operating on the same schedule as it is on a non-marathon weekend. And I've, I've seen many people get frustrated because they just didn't know ahead of time. So for you guys who have people running on there, I mean, obviously, we you know, as, as part of the team, we all know that where we are. But are anything that you do or any sort of tips that you have for whether either it's logistics or people who are cheering or looking for people who are cheering? Like, take it in. Appreciate everyone that's there cheering you on because those people are there and they're sitting there for hours. (laughs) Sing it, girlfriend. (laughs) Sing it, girlfriend. It's harder to cheer than it is to run. I've had the privilege of doing both. Yes. And I will say running is harder. The privilege. Running is harder cheering is crazier yeah. because you get up just as early you're out there you know till that last blue shirt goes by and 
you know, there's no medal for those cheering. I was just like, I think we need, I think we need to come up with a medal, <laughs> medal for, for those that go out squad. and cheer, especially the especially medal when... is a sweaty hug, Lou. <laughs> yeah, and I, I will totally be a proponent of, and I know Valerie does it for a lot of our running team. She will load them all into the runner tracking on her phone. She gets those text alerts. If you ask her and she'll say, no, we're still waiting for John Smith to come past us. We haven't seen him go by yet. That runner tracking for your family, for your friend, for your teammate, I think it's a a great thing to have and to use um, that day. Yeah, absolutely. And it's free. and, And like you said, Knowing what the course is and knowing where they are at different points of the course is very helpful. And if you do it right, you can actually possibly see your runner twice during the race, even for the half marathon. So we catch people as they go through Magic Kingdom. You can then get on the monorail and get over to the finish line just outside of Epcot. We even sort of go just as you come off that awful ramp in that last 13, you know, if you're doing the uh, the half marathon, the 13th mile right before that, that difficult point one. It's nice to be able to see people twice, especially as uh, for a lot of people, that's really when they need the that cheering boost. most. Oh, that, yeah. extra that, that extra boost. That extra boost is insane. Yeah. You know, it's I, so helpful. Yeah. And I will tell you, that, uh, some, uh, some, what, one thing that people have told me, too, is that when they have runners who are doing the full marathon, they like to try and be somewhere near the 13-mile point because there oh. they can have things like Twizzlers or pretzels or an extra change of clothes or dry socks or a fresh hat or something that you might need or, you know, the the, the goose or the energy goose, whatever it may be. It's sort of a, a good place because obviously it's, it's at the halfway point to not only get some encouragement from your family or from your friends, but get some things that you might need to continue on with your run, too. It's so important to see those people on the on, you know, the side cheering you on, especially at those those mile points because during the full marathon when you get to that 13 15 mile mark you know around there mile 19 you're going to start hitting a wall so you You start losing your mind you need that encouragement and the other thing i want to tell you is that there's a lot of us that run in a group but there's also a lot of runners that just run individually they don't have someone to run with and my other piece of advice is look up We all have a tendency sometimes when we're running by ourselves, we get in our zone and you just look down. If you start looking up, you're going to realize how much faster you can go, the things that are around you. You start to enjoy it more. So Mm -hmm. that's one really, really important thing that the runners that run by themselves, that have the earbuds in, take a minute and look up. You'll enjoy it so much more. So, uh, Jimmy and then Liz, do you have one final tip, one important thing, one secret, one thing people should do or look forward to, whether it's before, during, or after the race? Um, I, I think my biggest is just enjoy it. Like, I know, yeah, it, it it's going to feel so good when you get across that finish line and they put that medal around your neck, but it's, it's almost like, I, I've only run a half marathon, but, like, the 13.1 miles, like, it, it's... Uh, like just enjoy while you're on the course especially in Disney World like just because you know you're running all around the place that you that we all love and it's like you get you might get views that you don't usually get while you're while you're running i mean while you're just walking around the parks 
So well, uh, just make sure that you're enjoying the experience. And I will try Jimmy just a little. He just said he's only running 13 miles. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Hey, Liz, only. you were only just running 13 miles this past January. So, I love yeah, that. I jumped in the big pool. Yeah, um, you did. And you can I swim, think, Liz. I'm proud of you. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> Overachiever. I think, I think I go back to the whole... Um, You've done your training. Now this is the time to go have fun. This is really a celebration run. Right. Yeah. Because you put so many hours of training into anything. The 10K, the half, the full, the goofy, the dopey. Okay. Have a celebration run. And honestly, um, I've had someone, a good friend who runs with me here say it. And she said, when you get to that tough point, because at some point you will, no matter what your distance is, you'll think, I'm just so tired. She said, sometimes all you need to say to yourself is, look, if I, you know, if I can jog this out, I'll be done in 30 or 40 minutes. If I stop and start walking, I'm going to be done in 60 or 75 minutes. My legs are going to be sore either way. So sometimes you've got to play that mind game with yourself. And if you hit a tough spot, just tell yourself, I've done my training, so let's just go do it. Let's just get it done. And you know what? Wear your medals in the parks celebrate those accomplishments. Um, it's so important to celebrate after work. Absolutely. I agree. And, and I'm going to throw in a couple of other little tips too and I'll sort of piggyback on yours, Liz. In terms of celebrating after the race, like you earn those medals, you wear them for like six months. Like you wear Sleeping them. Every, them. But I would definitely, yeah. prop- I would <laughs> also think ahead. You you make ADRs for your trips to Walt Disney World. Try and think about ADRs for your post-race celebration. So when you're making your reservations for your hotel start thinking about where it is that you want to eat that night because the restaurants will get crowded very very quickly and don't sort of risk the you know trying to just walk up somewhere you also talked about uh treating yourself after the race i would also tell you to bring cash and the reason why is is because when you are done obviously you know if you need medical attention go get it if you need ice go get it but sometimes you might want to go get a massage i don't know if any of you guys have used the massage tent I know a lot of people enjoy sort of treating themselves to a 10-minute massage. I think there's still, is it still a dollar a minute? So you can get a $10 massage on Saturday, a $20 massage on Sunday. And a lot of people say it really helps in their recovery before they dunk themselves in an ice bath later on that day. And I do believe they only still take cash in the massage tents. I don't know if you guys. I haven't I, been there. I, I, heard they take, I heard they take your credit card. Okay. <laughs> no, yours personally. Oh, my credit card. I, th- oh, okay. I think yeah. I think the team has the team the block. Just the team just say it's in. the WDW Radio Running Team tab. <laughs> so, Lou, I do want to interject really quick. That ice bath thing, bath thing that you did mention, oh, it is yes. so so important between the half and the full. To... No, no, after the five k, after the ten k, well, well, after we, the half. Right, we know that. You but I'm to, talking. You have to, to do. You have to continue exactly what you're doing. If you're a dopey racer, you have to do the same thing after every race. Right, but and make sure you're maintaining. Racers, right, the goofy racers. goofy racers half and full maintain it. Right, that ice bath is so important. Right, it doesn't necessarily have to be technically ice. It could just be a 65 degree pool from the waist down, and you stand there for 15 to 20 minutes. But it's really, really, really important for recovery. Anyway, and I think something else too that 
I'm sure you guys would all agree, or you better agree, that helps in terms of the preparation and the training and the night before and the day of and after the finish line and the day after and continuing on throughout the year, especially if you're a solo runner, you cannot over underemphasize the importance of having a support system around you. So whether it's oh, a spouse so or a friend, important. but that's part of the reason why we have the WDW Radio running team. We have people from all over the world at every single different level, whether it is your first time walking a 5K or wheeling a 5K or walking or jogging to elite runners that run 50 marathons a year. We have such a great, and thanks to all of you, such a great support system helping each other along, not just during the race, but throughout the year via newsletters and we have a private Facebook group and such a great support system. It's so, so helpful. And there's nothing better than seeing familiar faces and the blue shirts and running, knowing that there's people there for you and with you out on the course. I can't agree with you more. It's it's so worthwhile and fulfilling to be, you know, to have this group of runners running with you and then seeing them out there, just to see the blue shirts out there. It's it's so rewarding. It's amazing how, Deanna, you and I, you know, because I was almost goaded into it back in 2008, yeah. me, you, and, <laughs> you know, one other person had our little yellow shirts on in 2008 and did the half marathon. To now in 2015, we have a team of almost 500 runners literally from around the world at every different level. And new people are signing up all the time. I welcome and openly invite anybody who is listening, whether it's your first time or you've run in the past, to come and join and be part of the team. Not only not only you get a really cool shirt and a headband, but you get to be part of this family and community. You know you have friends on the course to help you along the way. There's nothing like seeing that sea of blue shirts coming through. Obviously, the important part of why we do this is because we raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. We've raised more than $250,000 in the past number of years. Thanks in large part to the running team and the donations that they put in. We don't ask for a lot from you. It's $35 gets you your shirt and your certificate and everything else that comes with it. And we only ask for a $100 donation or that you raise $100 at some point throughout the year. Um, for the, And it all goes 100% to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. So I invite you guys to learn more. There's videos and more information. If you visit www.radio.com slash running or just WDW run, you can find out how to be a part of the team. Again, anybody and everybody of any age group, too, is, uh, is certainly welcome to join. Obviously, this race continues to inspire people and attract people from all over the world all with different goals and ambitions and training levels and what they are looking forward to getting out of the weekend, whether it is on a personal level, a training level, a community level, or just an enjoyment of what uh, this adds to sort of a Walt Disney World experience. So I want to thank all of you guys for taking time tonight to join me, obviously for being part of my extended family and for being part of the running team. I want to say that I'm looking forward to seeing you at Marathon Weekend, but knowing oh, that I have to get up at 2 o'clock... you don't like that 3 a.m. wake-up call. I, I love I, it. I'm in the car by 3 a.m. I know oh, better. Please, please, are you so, kidding? I'm jumping on your bed, making yeah. sure you're awake. Meanwhile, my house becomes like a commune that weekend. <laughs> it is. It's like a total like hippie commune. It's crazy. it's crazy. But you know what, though? We joke around about it, but 
it, you know, and I said this from the very first time I did it, and I've never run a second, I've never done another half marathon because I don't want to taint what a no, great experience I have. Don't, don't but ever I, do honestly, it. Honestly, I, lo- I, I, I love marathon weekend. I love marathon weekend, and it's but less it about the. You. It does, but it's less about the running than it's about the people, and it's about the experience, and the tears, Absolutely. and the laughter, and the medals, and just that sense of accomplishment, and the difference that, in, that you guys make, not just in your own lives, but in the lives of the Make-A-Wish families that you guys touch. So I oh. really am looking forward to uh, breakfast on a garbage can on Main Street USA, and uh, and seeing you all again at Marathon Weekend. You guys are awesome. You know how much I love you. And uh, again, I, I cannot stress enough how much I hope more people will come and be part of the experience. Uh, you can train easily for it. You can do this. If I can run it, you can run it. And I'd love to have you as part of the team. But you don't even have we to all run. Want to come and the join team. the team and be on our cheer squad. That's right. Because we have a fabulous yeah, group of people. Yeah, you, you don't, don't even have, have to run. run. <laughs> like us crazy people. <laughs> you come and be part of something. You get a cool <laughs> shirt. You get an awesome <laughs> shirt. You're Just raising money. And you're smarter than us dopey people that are running all four mornings. Okay. I, really. I will put a caution out there that I did a 5K in October of 2012, and that's when I joined the team. Oh, my God. 24 that, months later. What? And then she turns what? me yeah, into anyway, her 10-mile race. I love you. You are Over inspiration. Over oh, two years. Slacker to Dopey. You're two awesome. Years. <laughs> I love it, Liz. I love it. Slacker to Dopey training challenge. Overachiever. Awesome. You guys rock, man. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. You will. Time for the Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details in what you see and maybe even in what you hear. You can then enter via email for a chance to win a Disney prize package. But before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, we were talking about Spaceship Earth, and I said that as you pass through this three-dimensional history of communications. On the right-hand side, just after the telegraph scene, you'll see a cinema facade. And your question was to tell me what athlete was featured in the newsreel celebrating a milestone athletic achievement. I didn't need the achievement itself. I just needed the athlete's name. And once again, thanks to the hundreds of you who entered and got this one correct because you knew that the newsreel was of Jesse Owens during his victories in the 1936 Berlin Olympics. I randomly selected one winner from all the correct entries. You were playing for all six of my virtual audio walking tours in the Magic Kingdom, a copy of my 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World book, and a mystery gift for the holidays, which I'm going to send to our winner, which is Bella Fanzio. So, Bella, congratulations. I will get your package out to you right away. For those of you who played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So actor-comedian Martin Short, I must say, has appeared multiple times in Walt Disney World attractions or shows. All you need to do this week is name two of them. Tell me at least two attractions or shows in Walt Disney World that actor-comedian Martin Short, and you may know him from such places as Second City Television, Saturday Night Live, and a few Disney films and animated films as well. You have until Sunday 
December 28th at 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to contest at wdwradio.com. Once again, just tell me, two attractions or shows that Martin Short has appeared in in Walt Disney World, and you are again playing for all the audio tours, a copy of my 102 Ways book, a signed copy of my Walt Disney World Trivia Book, Volume 2, and just because it's the holidays and I'm in the giving spirit, I'm going to throw in another mystery bonus gift as well. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. And in the spirit of the holiday season, I want to wish you and your family, because you are part of my extended family, the very happiest and safest and healthiest of holiday, whatever it is that you celebrate, even if it's just the season. And as we look forward to 2015, I hope and believe that the next year for all of us is going to be even bigger and better. I also want to quickly thank everybody who's posted a review of my 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World book over on Amazon.com, including Mark Hill, Emily T., S. Welch, and Lindsay Sullivan. We now have more than 150 reviews of the book there. I'd love it if you could add your own and tell your friends. You can find the book on Amazon or iBooks or just visit Disney102.com for more information. Uh, Also, in addition to the show, don't forget about the live weekly broadcast coming back again in January. We're done for this year for WDW Radio Live every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You can watch, chat, interact, and be part of the show on your computer or on your mobile device through the Ustream application. Great way to be part of the conversation, make it a little bit interactive, and then ask me anything as we stay and chat for a little while after the show. Also, visit www.radio.com for our great team of blog writers, videos, our free newsletters, the free mobile app for your iPhone or Android device, discussion forums, and lots more. You know I love hearing from you, so if you have a question you want answered on the show, you can email me, lou at wdwradio.com, or call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Lou Mangello. Follow my personal profile at facebook.com slash Lou Mangello, or like the page over at facebook.com slash wdwradio. And as much as I love connecting with you online, you know, and again, thanks to everybody who came to last weekend's Meet of the Month over at the Contemporary. Really appreciate you all coming out. I believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug, and that is one of the reasons why I do and I love Meet of the Month every month in Walt Disney World. The next one is going to be over Marathon Weekend. It's going to be that Saturday in the Magic Kingdom, probably about 1 o'clock. Stay tuned to the events page, Facebook and Twitter uh, for more information Also, we have other events in addition to the meets of the month, including on-the-road events as I go and speak at conferences and to schools. You can visit loumangelo.com to find out where else I'll be speaking or to book me to speak at or consult with you or your business or your school. But I did say at the top of the show that I did have a couple of announcements, some things that we've been working on for a while. Really, really excited to finally be able to share with you because as you know, June 1st through the 8th, we're doing, again, we do a cruise every year. Normally we've done it on the dream and the fantasy. Well, in 2015, we are going to Alaska and I am super, super excited to go out on the Disney Wonder with all of you to Alaska. And in the past, we've had special guests on the cruise like Richard Sherman of the Sherman Brothers, Ridley Pearson. And when people were asking about a possible special guest 
for Alaska? I said, well, I think really Alaska itself and the beauty and what you have to see out there and the whales and the salmon and the icebergs, that really was the special guest. But as you know, I am all about the surprises and I am happy to announce that we do have a surprise guest coming on the cruise with us. His name is Ron Cohey. Now, you may know him if you've listened to the show in the past. I've had him on the show before. He is someone who is a CalArts grad. He has uh, illustrated tons of Disney's books. He's worked for Imagineering. He's worked on things like the Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Design Group, Vinylmation, My House Goes Disney. He's worked at Pixar, at the Art of Animation Resort. And, oh, by the way, he's also been an animator on things like Princess and the Frog, Lilo and Stitch, Tarzan, Mulan, Hercules, Hunchback of Notre Dame. The list goes on and on and on. Ron is going to join us for all seven days for just for our group to do lots of special events, presentations, and a few really fun, cool things that we're going to do with Ron that I think you and your family are going to enjoy. You're also going to learn how to draw and how to animate. We'll have Q&As and lots more. Again, there still is availability on the cruise if you want to join us. Visit the events page over at wdwradio.com for more information and to get a free no-obligation quote from our friends over at Mouse Fan Travel. Now, if you can't make it out to the cruise with us, that's okay because you know there's a lot that I am working on in 2015, and I want to kick it off in February because, as you know, that is the month because it's when we actually start to celebrate the WDW Radio anniversary shows. I've been podcasting really since Early 2005, uh, the old Mousetune show, but officially WDW Radio launched in February eight years ago. And we are going to have another anniversary celebration. But this time, I wanted to do something similar to what we did last year. I didn't want to do a high-ticket event or something like that. I want to celebrate you with you and the community and the family that you and we have all built together. I wanted to have a gathering with friends to just hang out and chat and eat and play games and eat and meet and enjoy each, other, each other's company and eat, of course. So on Saturday, February 7th, we are going to have a day at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort. I have secured a group of cabins together. So if you like, you can come just for the day or get a cabin, be part of our little uh, group and stay for the entire weekend. We're going to have a full day on Saturday of activities, games, contests, lots of food, lots of fun. You can come by yourself, bring a friend, bring the entire family. It is totally family friendly. We'll have stuff for the kids to do as well. Details are coming soon, but I did want you to save the date. And if you are interested in spending the weekend with us, you can book a cabin through Mouse Fan Travel right now. Again, visit mousefantravel.com ask them for more information and details. So really, really excited about the anniversary show, super excited about the cruise and Ron Cohey. We're going to announce some group excursions that we're going to be doing together very, very soon. Uh, and again, there's lots more that I am planning at Walt Disney World, on the road, in some other cities. The plans are already in the works. So 2015 is going to be bigger and better. And also, I have something that I've been working on for the last few months that I'm going to announce and release to you in the first couple of weeks of January. And there's something, again, about you and for you and with you and a way that we can all sort of maybe help and thank one another. So stay tuned for that coming very, very soon. Thanks again, Mouse Fan Travel, my official and recommended travel provider. Whether you're coming to the anniversary show on the cruise or just planning a trip to Disney, they will help you out with the best possible prices, all available discounts, 
at no additional cost to you. And go to celebrationspress.com. There you can get Celebrations Magazine delivered right to your door uh, every other month. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, you continue to demonstrate that to me day after day, week after week. All I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. You are the best way to let other people know about WW Radio and what we are, are doing here. So please tweet out that you're listening. Share links and comment over on Facebook. And please also go to iTunes, rate and review the show there. That is incredibly helpful. Very, very much appreciated. We have almost 900 five-star reviews. Would love if we can get up to 1,000. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Chad Williams, 777, Gogo, Sayrell, Fun and Games, 9876, and Scuba Guru. You guys are awesome. Thank you so, so very much. And again, I cannot thank you from the bottom of my heart for you listening and taking the time and allowing me to do what I do and share it with you and taking time out of your week to listen and email and tweet and everything else. It means the world to me. And uh, you have allowed me to live a life that I never could have imagined. And for that, I am eternally grateful every single day. And I want you to feel that same way. So every single day, you should be laying bricks, no matter how small, right? Lay bricks every day to build the foundation of your future, right? Go out, make your own luck, create your own opportunities, and always keep moving forward. And hey, if there's any way that I can help you, please let me know And to that point, listen, if you are a podcaster or think about starting a podcast and want to build your brand or business through podcasting, visit lumangelo.com slash mastermind. Let me see how I may be able to help you do what you love each and every day. So I hope you all have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a Happy Kwanzaa, a Happy Festivus, a Happy Spirit of the Season, or whatever it is that you celebrate I hope you enjoy it and spend time surrounded by and with those that you love. Thank you all so, so very much. So until next time, have a great week, everybody. See ya. Hi, Lou. This is Lauren out in California. I just wanted to say that I thoroughly appreciated uh, your recent show, number 385, which was the 10 reasons why every Walt Disney World fan needs to come to Disneyland. And uh, I enjoyed it for a couple of reasons. First of all, I loved hearing your family. I think they should be on more often. And second of all, I get this question all the time because I've had the the pleasure and the privilege of actually getting to work in both places. I did the college program a few years ago, and now I'm a cast member out at the Disneyland Resort. And it's such a difficult question to answer because there's a part of my heart that belongs to both places. And, and after hearing your show, I love that there's other other people that, that really get that and think, you know what, you just have to see both. <laughs> um, I also wanted to take a moment to thank you for doing what you do. You've been a part of my journey, whether or not you've known it. Um, oh, goodness, I think I've been listening since probably around show number 50, just dreaming about the day that I'd get to be a cast member. And now I am. And your your podcasts have, have been a huge motivating uh, factor for me. So just thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to keep listening. Bye-bye. How's it going, Lou? This is Brian Rainey calling again for the last time up in Kansas City, Missouri. And it's my last day, and just completed my seventh day on my hopper path, and I'm just standing at the bus stop waiting for my bus to go back to All-Star Sports so I can get on the Magical Express. So it's Tuesday, and staring at the 
the contemporary right now, just watching the monorails go by. And that's it. It's just one of the best vacations I've ever had, but I say that every time I come here. So anyway, hopefully I can get back here sometime soon, and maybe we can meet sometime. So see ya. Hi, Lou. My name is Fred Martin. I'm from Chatsworth, California. Uh, I grew up going to Disneyland. I worked there when I was out of high school, and my kids have gone there their entire lives. Um, they're now 19 and going to be 14. And for the first time in their lives and my life, I'm taking them to Walt Disney World. It was such – I use the word blessing. It was a blessing to listen to what it was like for you to take your kids to my park. And uh, they sound just like you, by the way. And now uh, I get to have the joy in January of taking these kids, my kids, to Walt Disney World for their very first time. Um, the planning and everything has been so much fun. And I listen to your podcasts, and it's been fantastic learning and sort of preparing my head and heart for the trip. And, uh, by the way, the kids don't even know about it yet, so they're going to find out on Christmas. It's going to be amazing time for us. So thank you for all you do. Thanks to your wife and your kids for their fantastic report. Um, Disneyland really is um, an amazing place. It's uh, just as amazing as Walt Disney World. And like you said, it's uh, it's got its similarities, but it really is a wonderful and separate experience for for everyone. So keep up the good work and uh, I'll see you at the world. Bye. Good morning, Lou. It is Wes Snydercom from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I just finished listening to your episode on Disneyland while shoveling my driveway and it feels like it's about minus eight outside. And you talked about going to the parks and the two of them. And my father and I actually went to Disney's California Adventure in March of 2001, just, or, just after it had opened. And we went on Soren, which of course was amazing. But one of the neatest things was as soon as it was done, the ride machine came down and everyone just clapped. All the people that had ridden it just clapped. They were all just so excited for the ride. Um, and then of course we watched our tortilla was made and maybe ate a couple too many. But have a great day. Talk to you later. Good evening, Lou Mangello. This is Darlene Maggie from West Seneca, New York. Snowy New York. We are now one week away from Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. will be next week tomorrow. And we are 165 days away from our WDW Radio Disney Alaska on the Wonder Cruise. It's going to be absolutely amazing. I cannot wait for this cruise adventure and wait to try to go to dinner at Palos with our friends and family. This will be the most amazing first time to do a dinner or a brunch like this for us. That's what we've decided so far. I've just looked online and found out that I really can't make too many plans as of yet, and I'm waiting for all of your planning for us for our cruise and I hope everybody has a wonderful evening. I just got out of a very nice dinner meeting with our vendors and company from out of state and my boss is in town 
So we were celebrating Christmas with him. So tomorrow we have another adventure at work. It should be fun. It, I've heard it has a golf theme to it, but I'm not a golfer. So we'll see how it goes. I'll let you know. <laughs> so everybody, enjoy your evening. Have a wonderful night and an wonderful, magical holiday season. If I don't talk to you, see you real soon. Bye-bye. You've got a friend in me. Yeah. <laughs> well, folks, I guess that about does it for our show. Now bundle up, stay warm, and come back and see us real soon. Happy holidays, y'all. Thank <laughs> you.